1: This is The Roger Stone Show on 77 WABC. Presented by Legacy Precious Metals. A man who's gone through hell, but he's kept going and he's smart and he's strong and people love him. Not everybody, but people love him and respect him. Roger Stone. Now, here's Roger Stone. Welcome back. This is Roger Stone and this is the Roger Stone show on 77 WABC radio uh, the crown jewel of AM radio joining us this cold Sunday afternoon is Vivek Ramaswamy he is a republican candidate for president of the United States uh, Vivek Ramaswamy is a American business leader and a New York Times best-selling author of two books Woke Incorporated, Inside America's Social Justice Scam, as well as his second book, Nation of Victims, Identity Politics, The Death of Merit, and The Path Back to Excellence, and Capitalist Punishment, How Wall Street is Using Your Money to Create a Country You Didn't Vote for, which is a long title for a great book. Left-leaning media has called Vivek Ramaswamy one of the, quote, intellectual godfathers of the anti-woke movement, Uh, I would wear that as a badge of honor, and also says that he is the right's leading anti-ESG crusader. Uh, He was dubbed the CEO of anti-woke by The New Yorker. Uh, Both of those movements have now been popularized in our mainstream conservative movement, and Vivek Ramaswamy has unquestionably emerged as an important leader within the America First movement. Born and raised in Cincinnati, Ohio, Uh, he is a uh, graduate uh, and valedictorian of his high school class at St. Xavier. He went on to graduate summa cum laude in biology from Harvard and received his JD from Yale Law School while working at a hedge fund. Uh, He also started a biotech company, Rovient Sciences, where he oversaw the development of five drugs, all of which went on to become FDA approved. I want to say at the top that initially uh, as a student of American politics, I was skeptical about Vivek Ramaswamy's candidacy, Uh, but I've changed my view. I've changed my view based on his performance, uh, by his forthrightness, by his willingness to answer any question, uh, and also by the furious effort of the Uniparty and their allies in mainstream media to censor him, to silence him, to minimize him, He's clearly a man who is over the target. Uh, Look, uh, we make no bones about it. I'm a 45-year friend of Donald Trump's and a strong supporter of his. That's not going to change. But where Vivek Ramaswamy really got my uh, respect was after Donald Trump was indicted on fabricated charges in uh, Miami, instead of piling on like so many of his other opponents, Vivek Ramaswamy showed up outside the Miami courthouse uh, and offered a stout defense of Donald Trump and an attack on the tsunami of lawfare against him. Vivek Ramaswamy, welcome to The Roger Stone Show.
2: It's great to be on. How are you, Roger?
1: Excellent. I appreciate uh, your coming on. So uh, here's an obvious question. You have a distinguished background, both academically, a great business success. You're a man who began this race with no public identity and no name ID uh, why did you decide to run for president?
2: Because I think it's actually my duty to this country to do it, Roger, because it's my belief that it's going to take somebody from the next generation to reach and lead the next generation of Americans. My parents came to this country with no money 40 years ago in search of opportunity, and I have founded multibillion-dollar companies. I married my wife, Apoorva. She's a successful throat surgeon. We've got two sons, and I really don't believe that our two sons and their generation are going to grow up in the same country we did. To the contrary, I don't think we're going to have a country left in the next five to ten years if we stay stay on the track that we're on. And I do think it's going to take an entrepreneur, somebody who's willing to break glass when necessary, somebody from outside of politics to lead us to victory in this war. And I do believe we're in the middle of a war in this country. My faith teaches me that God puts each of us here for a purpose. We have a duty to realize that purpose. And I think right now we need a president who, yes, can be a businessman, and outsider, and break things, but also somebody who knows and deeply understands the law and the Constitution in this country. Those two things don't usually go together in the same person. That's what we need. And it's my belief that that is my purpose and duty to this country, to use those skills i have been given to do what's right at a time when we need it.
1: Uh, early in your candidacy, uh, a number of people sent me emails, text messages regarding your alleged association with the World Economic Forum. Uh, I examined this and did not find it troubling, uh, but I do want to give you an opportunity to address it. Uh, very well, clearly, yeah. Very clearly, you have been forthright uh, in your denunciation of globalism uh, and the agenda of the World Economic Forum. Let's get this one out of the way.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Actually, the The worst part of the story is there was no affiliation with the World Economic Forum to top it off. So they named me on their website, like other billionaires. I don't know, Elon Musk or whoever else has appeared on that list and other people that they just randomly pick as a young global leader on their own website. So when I heard about it, I said, take my name off. I never accepted an award from you. I've had no affiliation with you. I've been a critic of your agenda. I had already written numerous articles against stakeholder capitalism and ESG by that point in time. And so they said, oh, sorry, sorry, yeah, well, maybe we'll remove it. We'll remove it, sorry. Now what I know, I'm not checking this every day, told them to remove it. Months later, they haven't removed it. I said, remove my name when it comes to my attention again. Then when I start running for president again, then, you know, that's when people actually notice again. Oh, this name is on the World Economic Forum's website. So I did something nobody prominent in the U.S. has done. I sued them, actually. I sued them in court, and I won everything that I was asking for, which was removal of my name, but I went further. I said, I want to guarantee. It's actually my belief Then, if I look at some of the other people that have shown up on their list, Elon or others, I bet they've done the same thing to others, too. And so I got a legal commitment from them to make sure they would never add someone else to their list or their website in the name of an award or anything else without express written consent to make sure that would never happen again. And so that's what I do, Roger. If somebody does something wrong, somebody does something they shouldn't do, I hold them accountable. In this case, I sued them, took them to court, got exactly what I wanted to Well. They capitulated immediately, and that's that's that. So I believe you got to actually, you know, I, you see a lot of super PACs that were, especially the Ron DeSantis super PAC, the Never Back Down PAC. The amount of dirt they tried to spread on me early in this campaign because they were threatened by my rise is unbelievable. But the good news is the people of this country are pretty good over time at thinking independently and sifting the truth for themselves, especially in our own movement, even if it takes a little bit of while to sift through a lot of the garbage.
1: Uh, I, I appreciate that. One of the things I like about your candidacy is you not only committed to ideas and solutions and you talk in depth about issues, but you also understand the dynamics of a of public relations, the dynamics of a presidential campaign. Uh, here's something you posted on uh, X, formerly known as Twitter, several days ago. I thought it was so profound that I reposted it. You said, here's the plot. Narrow this to a two-horse race between Trump and a puppet they can control. And then, two, eliminate Trump. Three, trot their puppet into the White House. Prediction. Next up, Ron DeSantis joins Nikki Haley's ticket as VP. Ron may not know it yet, but he won't have a say in the matter. Talk to us about that.
2: Look, I think that that's a plot hiding in plain sight. And, Roger, frankly, I'm concerned that... We're walking right into it, and that's why I'm going to be in this race till the very end, because it's my responsibility to this country to make sure this doesn't play out. The reality is, yeah, you know, the system wants a puppet they can control. I initially, they've lost their use for Biden, and so initially I thought, who are they going to go for next? Is it going to be Gavin Newsom or somebody else? But the facts became more apparent. Look at the people who are looking to keep Donald Trump off the ballot. Actually, the reality is those same people are the ones funding Nikki Haley, Larry Fink, from the Board of the World Economic Forum to the you know, CEO of BlackRock, the king of the ESG industrial complex, is propping up none other than Nikki in this race, And I do think she is a reliable puppet to advance the pointless foreign war agenda while getting a rake from it personally, as politicians have, and at the same time, creating a national security state here that is overreaching in its threats to liberty in this country. She's somebody who wants to tie your social media to your government issued ID, which I reject, but that's exactly what the puppet masters want. Pro surveillance state, pro neocon, pro war person who they trot into the White House to advance their agendas. So that's hiding in plain sight. They want to narrow this to a two horse race, take Trump out one way or another. And I'm increasingly of the mind that these people will stop at nothing. I mean, they've made this clear. They'll stop at nothing to keep Donald Trump away from the White House. I've filed an amicus brief with the Supreme Court arguing for laying out some of the legal arguments to overturn what they're doing to Trump in Colorado. I'm the only person who has said, both in Colorado and Maine, every Republican, myself included, needs to remove ourselves from those ballots if Donald Trump's removed, because that's how we protect against election interference in our GOP primary. But when push comes to shove, I think these people will stop at nothing to keep Donald Trump out. And the puppet isn't a Democrat, it's a Republican, that they want to trot in to advance their agenda. And I'm not going to let them get away with that. And that's why I'm in this race, because America first cannot end with Donald Trump. It didn't start in 2016. It started in 1776. And we owe it to our founding fathers and to this country to make sure that we have another 250 years and then some still left. And so the way I look at it, and it's why I'm in this race, Roger, is we love Donald Trump because he got this fight started. But now it is our job, and I believe my duty, to finish it. And I think we cannot walk into that trap that they've laid for us. And I, have a, I hope that's not what plays out in this country, that there's, this is actually successful in achieving what that uniparty donor establishment and media establishment want to see happen. But I'm not going to just hope that that automatically happens. To the contrary, I'm worried we're walking right into that trap, that they're selling us the rope today that we're going to, that they're going to use to hang us tomorrow. And you know what? I don't think we're going to look back a year from now and say, oh, are we shocked that that happened, whatever it is, God forbid, that happens this year? No, I think we're going to say, how did we not see that coming? And so I think we need to skate to where the puck is going, do the right thing. And that's why I'm asking people even at the Iowa caucus right now on January 15th, on Monday night, for their vote at the Iowa caucus. I think really in a certain sense to save our America First movement and even to save Trump, I think I'm going to be best positioned to do that, and this is about the country and our movement lasting more than just this eight years we've had. Uh,
1: New York City Mayor Eric Adams ran for mayor, saying he was proud that New York City was a sanctuary city for illegal migrants. Now, however, New York City is facing the real prospect of bankruptcy. Uh, and the mayor has said, because of the enormous influx of illegal migrants into New York City, uh, that across the board, cuts are going to be required on services uh, for the people of New York City. Cuts in education, cuts in law enforcement, cuts in sanitation, uh, uh, and so on. We clearly have uh, a crisis at our southern border. The Biden administration continues to insist that the border is secure. How they can say this with a straight face is almost beyond belief. Donald Trump spoke late last week in the town meeting about the largest mass deportation in American history. If you go back and look at it, President Dwight Eisenhower, one of our greatest presidents, uh, deported 1.3 million illegals from the country during his second term. What is your solution? to the uh, illegal immigration problem uh, that is in turn fueling uh, the drug crisis uh, and the rise in crime uh, and the economic problems of states, counties, cities uh, and the nation?
2: Look, I do think it's a little charitable, Roger, to call it an illegal immigration problem. It is an invasion of this country. That's what it is. If you had three million Chinese coming from the West Coast or three million Iranians coming from the East Coast, we would call that an invasion. It's no different when you got millions upon millions at our own southern border entering this country illegally. And so I think we need to deal with it accordingly. Building the wall is not enough. I'll complete the construction of the wall, but that's not enough. They're building cartel-financed tunnels underneath that wall as well. We need to use our own military to secure our own southern border and our northern border, too. That's what I'm going to do as the U.S. president. End funding for Central America. They need to build their own border walls all the way from the northern border of Venezuela the southern border of texas that's what stops the massive northward flow i'm going to end birthright citizenship for the kids of illegals in this country it does not apply to them and then we're going to make sure that anybody who's in this country illegally is returned to their country of origin including the use of local law enforcement to assist in doing it that gets us from six thousand ice agents to a million local law enforcement existing laws already allow ICE to serve their warrants via local law enforcement. But again, it comes back to the fact that we need that president who both has what it takes in terms of bringing the brawn and and the muscle to do it, but also has the understanding of the law and the Constitution to actually see this through. And I think I can do that in a way that nobody else will. And that's why I think we can have this problem solved in my first few months in office.
0: This episode is brought to you by Shopify.
1: Uh, As I said earlier, you graduated summa cum laude with a degree in biology from Harvard. You've uh, started a biotech company and oversaw the development of five drugs that were FDA approved. This is clearly an area where you have some expertise. In retrospect, what is your assessment of the COVID-19 pandemic, uh, the way government handled it, uh, and how that kind of fiasco uh, can be avoided in the future?
2: Well, a lot of lessons to learn there. One is government bureaucrats should follow the law. We now know that this was a man-made virus that came from Wuhan, China, back to infect us here, and that it was likely funded. Its creation was funded by bureaucrats in the United States who broke the law to use taxpayer money to fund gain-of-function research abroad that ended up creating a global pandemic you should not have government bureaucrats using backdoor mechanisms to avoid the law here in the United States. And that's exactly what they've been doing. That's lesson number one. Lesson number two is we can expect even worse in the future unless we hold those who are responsible accountable for their actions. Whether that's Anthony Fauci here at home and whether that's the Chinese Communist Party abroad, I will hold them accountable. Now, the other couple lessons we gotta learn is that it's during times of so-called emergency, Roger, that we need free speech the most. If we'd been allowed to debate those lockdowns, I don't think we would have had those lockdowns. If we'd been allowed to debate the merits of the vaccine, I don't think we would have ever mandated those vaccines. That's lesson number two, and that's lesson number three, and lesson number four is we need to ensure medical autonomy in the United States of America. Never again mandate the use of something. I think that if you have. A sickness and you want to take something i think you should be able to take it even if the fda has not approved it but just because the fda has approved it does not mean that the federal government should ever be able to force you to take it medical autonomy and so i think i'm the only candidate in this race though roger that has said i will strip those vaccine manufacturers of their special liability immunity exemptions that they get under the law i don't think a single other presidential candidate has pledged to do that i have because where there has been injury there needs to be justice I have also said that anybody who lost their jobs in the U.S. military for failure to take the vaccine, for refusing to take the vaccine, they should be restored in their positions with full back pay times one and a half X because there has to be justice in this country. There's a reason why I'm the only candidate who can say these things, actually. I'm not bought and paid for. And I think in my case, every politician you, you see anymore these days is dancing to the tune their biggest donor. In my case, that biggest donor is me. I don't report to them, Roger. I report to the people of this country, and that's what it's going to take to revive this country. Somebody who's independent of that corrupt establishment—that's what I bring to the table. It's what gives me my duty to be in this race. And I do think it's going to take somebody with fresh legs to lead us to victory in this war. Somebody who knows and personally understands the Constitution, so that we're not duped by the swamp. The president will try to be—they'll try to have the president dupe the swamp. Will it's not going to work on me, and that's why I'm not only in this. To the very end but hope to lead this country for the next eight years uh
1: what in your opinion are the prospects uh that uh, 2024 will bring us a free fair honest and transparent election
2: well, I already told you what i think is happening in the next few months i'm deeply worried for the future of this country i think there's a trap and we're walking right into it i think that they want it i think that's the track we're on rogers they're setting up to narrow this down to a two-horse race eliminate trump and walk in a chosen puppet into the White House. So last time it was a man-made pandemic and an election process that was rigged by big tech and worse. This time they're going to stop at nothing to keep Donald J. Trump away from the White House. and So I'm worried. I think that we're skating on thin ice as a country. But I am in this to make sure that our best days as a country are still yet ahead of us. And that's why I'm asking people to support me, starting with the Iowa caucus on January 15th, asking people for their vote.
1: Uh, As someone who was a very early victim of internet censorship, I was banned uh, on Twitter uh, and Facebook uh, and Instagram and YouTube as early as 2017, simply because I was an outspoken supporter of Donald Trump and a critic of the Russian collusion hoax, I've been outraged at the blatant and open attempt to, to censor you and your campaign. Uh, How is it that when Nikki Haley puts up a uh, posts a video of a debate, she is allowed to do so on YouTube? Yet when you put up such a video, where by the way I thought you were terrific, uh, they immediately take you down. Uh, This is outrageous. How do you deal with that?
2: Well, the way you deal with it is first you see a problem, you got to name it, and it's unbelievable, Raj. I mean the the efforts that have been undertaken. There's an independent nonprofit group that it that I've actually been the most censored candidate in this race, and then it was RFK and then Trump after that in terms of shadow banning of content. So I think that this is one of the great threats of our time. Is I don't even call it big tech censorship anymore. I'm calling it government tech censorship because that's mostly what it is. Actors in the deep state are using private companies to do through the back door what they could not get done through the front door under the Constitution. That's illegal behavior, and it's wrong. So the first step to solve a problem is to name it. That's why I've been exposing it at every step. And as a president, if I'm elected, any time a government bureaucrat has threatened a private company or worked with a private company to do something that the government bureaucrat could not do directly, I'm going to expose it just like Elon did it for Twitter with the Twitter files. I'm going to expose what I call the state action files. And that's what I'm going to do for every company across the private sector, roll that log over, see what crawls out, bring the sunlight and then hold the lawbreakers accountable. And I think it's going to take a president who understands it's not 1980 anymore. You can't recite the slogans we memorized 40 years ago when the threats to liberty are more complex. It's not just big government or big business. It is a hybrid of the two that together is doing what neither one can alone. That's the real threat to liberty that we face.
1: I have enormous respect for the effort you're putting in in Iowa. I saw your wife, Purva, speak on your behalf the other night on the Internet. I thought she was incredibly effective on your behalf. I see how hard you are working. I've watched you intently on Laura Loomer Unleashed. I thought you were excellent in both of those. I remain a strong supporter of the president. I urge my friends in Iowa to caucus for him. But I I want you to know that you have uh, my respect for a valiant effort and for the extraordinary commitment to the truth. You have been fearless in your raising and speaking the truth, which is why I am honored to have had you today on The Roger Stone Show here at 77 WABC Radio.
2: Thank you, Roger. Appreciate it.
1: All right, folks, that was Vivek Ramaswamy, who I think is uh, going to play a pivotal role here. Let me uh, kind of outline how I see things breaking down. Uh, People tune into The Roger Stone Show because, well, it's, uh, as uh, Mel Brooks said in uh, The History of the World Part One, politics, 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 politics. Uh, And the decision late in the uh, week, last week, for New Jersey Governor Chris Christie to withdraw from the race uh, has severe implications going forward. Although Chris Christie was not running strongly nationally, uh, some polls showed him with as many as 12% of the vote uh, uh, in New Hampshire. Uh, he is dog meat in Iowa. That's one of the reasons why he dropped, because he recognized that after uh, the vote Monday night, uh, he is much, much less a factor uh, in this race. But if you examine the polling, you see that most of Chris Christie's votes uh, are based on his withdrawal. Even though he got caught on a hot mic saying that uh, Nikki Haley was not up to the task and that she was going to get destroyed, they st- still redistribute uh, to Nikki Haley. Uh, then you have the fact that Uh, that uh, Ron DeSantis has underperformed as a candidate in Iowa, uh, where Donald Trump candidly has built, I think, the best, best oiled, best organized, meticulously uh, structured voter identification and turnout system in the history of the Iowa caucuses. Now, a caucus is different uh, than a primary, uh, in a primary, you walk into the polling place, you fill out your, your ballot, or you go into a machine, you vote, and you leave. That's not how it works. So on a freezing cold night uh, next Monday, uh, Iowa voters, Iowa Republicans specifically, uh, will go to meetings at predesignated locations The caucus meeting could last anywhere from 45 minutes to an hour, so you need dedicated supporters who will stay uh, for the uh, entire caucus to cast their vote for you. Uh, And uh, the polls have consistently showed uh, that while Donald Trump still holds a commanding first-paced lead, in fact, uh, he's increased his lead uh, in the last several weeks, Governor Ron DeSantis has been a distant second, uh, and Nikki Haley has been a distant third, followed uh, then by uh, uh, the candidates in single digits, such as Vivek Ramaswamy, Chris Christie, and so on. Uh, The withdrawal of Chris Christie, therefore, has little impact uh, on uh, the Iowa caucuses. But uh, although Ron DeSantis also has a turnout mechanism, which he has literally spent millions of dollars on. uh, Nikki Haley's campaign is completely fueled by paid media. In other words, saturation, uh, broadcast television, saturation, cable news advertising, saturation, digital advertising, uh, multi-million dollars worth of mass mailings to voter households, uh, robocalls, live phone calls, uh, text messages, uh, but it is all astroturf. In other words, there is no structure. There is no organization. Traditionally, that has not worked uh, in Iowa. There is kind of one semi-exception. That was in 2016, when Donald Trump was a red-hot phenomena. By his own admission, he had little organization on the ground in Iowa, uh, but he had caught a wave in terms of the public coverage of his campaign, uh, and he ended up coming in a very strong second. The first place finisher, here's a historical footnote in that contest, was Texas Senator Ted Cruz, but important to note that Ted Cruz only won after somebody put out a text message to every Republican household in the state of Iowa saying that Dr. Ben Carson had dropped out of the race when Ben Carson, in fact, had not dropped out of the race. I think that's what they call a dirty trick. Uh, Donald Trump went on then to double down, beat Ted Cruz badly in Iowa, and then win every contest uh, rolling to the nomination over 16 well-funded, more experienced politicians. How this unfolds, I think, is somewhat different. If Nikki Haley can manage to beat ron desantis and there's some evidence based on the polling that governor desantis's candidacy is in free fall then the mainstream media will give nikki haley a ride like you have never seen headline haley defeats desantis in iowa upset subhead small print trump comes in first as expected uh, the purpose of this, of course, is for the mainstream media, who is in bed with the political establishment, to give Nikki Haley uh, a, uh, a, a boost uh, of forward momentum going into the New Hampshire contest. Why is this significant? Well, New Hampshire is one of the few states where registered independents can vote in the Republican primary. Uh, and New Hampshire Governor uh, Chris Sununu, a liberal Republican, uh, and a harsh Trump critic uh, has pushed very hard to get independents to enter the Republican primary. Remember, there is no Democratic primary uh, to, uh, to attract their attention. The Democratic National Committee having rigged things so that Joe Biden did not have to face any opposition, neither Robert F. Kennedy Jr., who dropped out of the Democratic race, or uh, Congressman Dean Phillips. So uh, they are really gunning for Donald Trump. I predict that he holds on to a strong first-place finish uh, in Iowa. Uh, I think that then he will be in a dogfight in which he will, uh, based on the excellent uh, organization of his campaign in New Hampshire, prevail in New Hampshire, and then I believe South Carolina is his firewall after he romps This is The Roger Stone Show. I'm Roger Stone. Don't touch that dial because we will be right back.